You're, it's me, good looking Lee. This is the Thank Me Later podcast. To my left, introduce yourself. Hey, it's her co host, Noel K. What's up with you? What's up? How was your holidays? Oh, uh, great. I had beautiful holidays. Now I got to think about what I did. I don't think I did anything <laughs> special this year. Yeah, I, I even took a nap on Christmas. That's never me. Me too. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Your holidays was all right? My holiday was good, despite it being the holidays. It's normally a tough time around this year. But Understood. I had a nice Christmas. That's Very good. Grateful. That's beautiful. Watching my little sisters get everything they wanted kind of reminded me of how it was when I was little. Because now I have to pick a few things off of my <laughs> list. They didn't pick not one thing off. Everything I got. So, uh, speaking of the holidays, though, um, do you experience a little bit of a... It's not depression. You know how holiday depression is a thing? But, like, do holidays make you super reflective? Yeah, like, I'm going, I was going through that this morning, just kind of reflecting on the entire year. Just even, like, me being sick, I just feel like I'm getting, like, a lot of toxins out of my body, just kind of regrouping and getting ready for the new year. And I'm very excited for 2020, so, I mean, it has to all tie together. I don't know why Christmas morning, it was like, wow, this year really was this year, you know? And I was kind of stuck because I'm like, this don't usually happen to like New Year's Eve for me. But it happened on Christmas. I was super reflective, mad grateful. Maybe it's because yeah, the food New Year's was Eve is party time. I never I do get that. that last grug, good grub. I never what? do that. I am anticipating my mama's ribs, her chicken, her macaroni salad. And you know the black eyed peas. That's for good luck. You know the only black eyed peas I've had recently is the group. I've been listening to their music. <laughs> Anyhow, I've been listening to their music. I, that's just what that is. Anyhow, we got a guest with us today. Yes. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up? My name is Chloe Hilliard. Wait, let me do it right. <laughs> um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. As you should. Chloe Hill, comedian and author Chloe Hilliard. Okay. Hey. It's amazing to have you. Thank yes. you for being Thank here. Thank you. You look good. You look blessed. You oh, really do. Appreciate Beautiful, it. Beautiful tall queen. When you yeah. walked in, I was like, yes. Queen. Uh, yeah, I'm a giant. Yes, giving some height, some yeah. power. I was so tight. I'm like, dang. <laughs> Another one. number today. <laughs> yeah, Usually, I, yeah, it's one of us. One of us always has a uh, See, I forget how tall I am. But she's kind of in the middle because she's from Brooklyn. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah from I'm Bronx. from Brooklyn. Mm. She's from the Bronx. Mm. You tall, I'm Yeah, not. there you go. See, yeah. we both got one today. We always have good. the Brooklynites in here, you know. This is good. Yeah, Brooklyn, I know. I love it when I'm like around people who I know are from here because it's yeah. not that many of us left. Right. Yeah. Really? They're moving us out. Absolutely. Mm-mm. There's not a lot of native Everywhere New Yorkers I go here. Is... I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah, but they be going somewhere else and then coming back. Facts. Mm. Yeah. True. Very true. Like, like somewhere never, else else, right? Yeah, I've never lived outside of New York City. I've always wanted to, but I've never Me had either. a chance. Damn, now I feel away. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but multiple I, places. <laughs> yeah, no, I went to you know, I went to school here. I went to like public school here, and then I went to college here. Oh wow! And then um, and then when I graduated college, I was a journalist, and so it was like you got to be in New York for media. Mm-hmm. And then after ten years of that, I got into comedy, and then it was like, well, you got to be in New York for comedy. So I'm still here. Wow! So, wow! I've literally lived in the same apartment my entire life. So oh. kind of the same. I didn't move. Um, to came to New York for college, mm-hmm. so I was there for four years. But yeah, New Yorker. I never yeah. been in college too long. <laughs> I never in was one at one college. school too long. <laughs> one college like, too yeah. long. Yeah, I did like a tour. <laughs> I had to make sure that college was for me. Did you play basketball? 
Uh, I play lacrosse. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah I, did, I did a tour. Got kicked out a few times, you know. You regular. said you did a tour? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but she I knows did, that I got kicked out a few times just yeah. in there. Sl- sl- absolutely. In there. I figured when absolutely. you said I went to a lot of schools, you play a sport because yeah. that's how that's an athlete. Like, I'm just going to go somewhere else and get on a better team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or keep their career going. Yeah. 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 That, that was the thought, too. And yeah. then and then I got kicked out. And then I was like, I don't actually want to be in school. I just want to play. It was just a lot. I've successfully been kicked out of every grade, though. Well, every ending grade. So I've been kicked out of eighth, twelfth, mm. and college, wow. and I still graduated. You know, that's a blessing, ain't it? Well, you I know, kicked out of fifth. Isn't that well, like the ending I went grade to, to um, elementary? Well, I, my school didn't have that. It went straight oh, through. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. See, it, it, it kind of stinks when they kick you right at the end. It's like y'all could have did this already, right? Before. Like, and y'all wanted wait? to do it already, yeah. so you should have done it. But they mm. got me. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird. It's like when you're in that moment, you think it's the end of the world. But like when you think back as an adult, like nobody cares, right? Nobody, no. nobody cares what college I went to. Nobody cares. They don't. How much people don't even ask me. Like, reach. Yeah, like they don't even ask me. Like, yo, did you enjoy? It? Like they was like, yo, people are gonna want to know about your experience. Nobody cares about it. Nobody. These cares. jobs don't care about my at degree. all. They don't even oh. ask to see it. No, okay. they don't. I they don't. don't care. Mm-hmm. Yo, the first job I got out of college, I was like. I have my degree, and they was like, "Okay, no, that's fine." We we saw, it and I was like, "No, but I have it, <laughs> but it's here." He was like, "No, no, no, we just need like your birth certificate." And I was like, "Listen, my college degree is in the closet, still wrapped up." Me too. I even take oh it my out. God. I actually I had it like it was mailed to my parents' house, yeah. and they was like, "Don't you want your degree?" And I was like, "I guess." And then I just went, <laughs> I got it framed, and yeah, it's and I like, walked without it. Y'all gave me a fake piece of paper yeah. or, the, or the little um container that it, mm-hmm. you you put it in. Yeah. I didn't walk with that piece. Of paper. I graduated I, twice. They uh they messed up my uh my credits so like the year they told me to walk, I didn't actually get wow. through. So I didn't get my diploma till a year after I walked. Sounds oh, wow. like a lawsuit. The, yo, they <laughs> they told me they was like yo we honestly messed up and I and they was I was like I'm in here every day asking because I'm like I'm graduating. They was like yes. So I was like well I already got an offer for a school and they was like yeah we're not supposed to fix it but we kind of have to. You have been in here all the time. And I was like, I need y'all to triple check. Like, my family don't believe it. I kind of don't believe it. Make sure that it's me. And they told me, yes, they had to fix it. They substituted, like, a math class for, like, an mm. art class. Oh, yeah, They had yeah. to. There was yeah. no way. And I was like, then the next year, they was like, oh, your diploma's ready. Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, uh, go to college at your own. Right. At your own leisure. <laughs> your own yeah. discretion. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want people to not go. Like, I don't know. I feel weird. I feel the ways about it. Like, if I had kids, I probably wouldn't yeah. force them to go to college. I would. I would want them to get like applicable life skills. That's exactly what I say. Or I something. Yeah, yeah, and I then decide it. after that if they want to go to school for a specialty, then go. Because uh, there, there's a statistic I came across. It was like there's like seven million jobs in America that are not filled in because people don't want to do skilled labor anymore. So right. like before, you would have like electricians and plumbers and engineers. Yeah, like a trade. Like a trade. People don't. Everybody wants to be white collar, and so you have all of these jobs that are just being. That's why you can move a whole factory to another country because there aren't p- enough people here who want to do those jobs. Yeah, and I it's want like my those kids have a skill, and they mm-hmm. those those jobs pay really really well. Yeah, they pay and really I think well. With even cracking down the way that they crack down with the school system now, I'm forcing your kids to be in these public schools, and um, their zone schools and stuff. I think that I would just have to do double the work. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just making sure they're getting both at home. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I never went to my zone school. My mother was like, "We not even mm-hmm. playing they that neither. game." My family too. They neither. I also couldn't do it. Fighting all the time, so they was like, "No." It doesn't make sense yeah. for you to be in, in that <laughs> no, element. I always wanted to, though. No, they was like, we don't want you bringing that back home. We need them to not yeah, know where you live right. at. 
Then right. it was like college for me. It was like going to all the zone schools of New York City. Mm-hmm. And my mother hated that. She was like, what was the point? Yeah, everybody goes to Canton. What was the point? But I learned a lot, um, you know, being in that setting of adversity. I think you learn you learn more in college about being around the people than you do about being in the classes. Mm -hmm. You learn about more about navigating life and different types of people. Like you know, I joke and say like when I went to college, it was my first time being around like regular white people. Because like when you grow up in New York City, you you see white people, but they're like Italian American, Polish American. They're like if their ethnicity is like the top thing about them other than just being white. But when I got to college and I moved into my dorm, I was like, oh, y'all white, white. Like, y'all yes. yeah. crab oh, yeah. cheese I was and just macaroni, country. like, golden retriever white. I was, like, white. afraid yeah. to see, like, I don't even want to say it on the mic, but <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was definitely like that. Yeah. But you being here, right, I, I did want to ask because I was – I was when I was checking you out, I was like, yo, she shows so many hats. I wonder how she's gonna introduce herself. How do you decide, like, yo, do I be like, yo, I'm a comedian, I'm an author, wait, there's more. I'll be writing like <laughs> how do you decide what to say? You know, sometimes you don't yeah. have bad time to tell them everything you do. Yeah, well, I for the past ten years, I, I would say, no, not really. Even when I first got into comedy, I didn't feel comfortable saying I was a comedian. Because it, it was making the transition from being a journalist, a serious journalist, and the story is not about you, and you're not like, you know, and, you know, I wasn't, I never, I didn't come up in the mentality of, like, writing yourself into your story. That, mm-hmm. that was a very blogger thing, and so mm-hmm. journalists at the time was like, we would never say me and Rihanna sitting at, it would be like Rihanna sitting at, we would never put ourselves in a story. And so to go from being not about you to then in comedy, it's all about you, felt very weird. And I felt corny. I felt like people were looking at her like, yo, why are you trying to tell jokes? You were a journalist. Like, nobody want to hear you want to say. So I just was always be like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I do comedy. And then a comic who's been doing it for a long time was like, when you stop saying I do comedy and you start saying I'm a comedian, then you'll have complete ownership of what it is that you're doing. So that took me like three or four years to do after I started comedy. And then now I just say I'm a comedian. I can say it. I can say it now knowing that people's response may be like, oh, wow, tell me a joke or like, you funny to like, <laughs> like whatever it is, I can handle that now. It doesn't hurt me to be like, oh, yes, I'm like, so loud. I just say I'm a comedian. Now I say author because I have a book coming out. But absolutely. So when you decided, OK, I'm about to get into comedy, mm-hmm. what? How do you? How does one prepare to jump into comedy? It's really easy in the sense that there's nothing you have to do but just show up because there's open mics all over the city. So right. there's no. It's like comedy is one of the rarest like art forms where you can just show up and just say I'm doing this, and people go okay, and then <laughs> you just get on stage and either you bomb or you're kind of funny. There's no like. There's no test. There's no waiting period. Like you know if you're an athlete you got to train and then you yeah. go to a game like you don't just show up to the game but with comedy it's like you just show up to an open mic you put your name on the list you get on the stage and you tell whatever jokes you think you have and they probably won't laugh and then you, maybe you come back the next week and that's it but at that moment you can say i'm a comedian nobody's gonna be like let me see your resume nobody <laughs> nobody's checking <laughs> <laughs> I found it interesting, though, that you did mention that it's all about you when you're a comedian because watching stuff like um, The Nutty Professor where um, Dave Chappelle, he's on stage mm-hmm. and he's, like, making fun of people in the audience. Yeah. That was, like, a core thing for comedians, like, coming up, like, yeah. watching that. So how does it turn into now when I see a lot of comedians play on themselves? Yeah. It's because you you can't – first of all, not every audience will allow you to shit on them <laughs> like that. 
Um, that's number one. That's number one. So you gotta you gotta really be careful. And I also it's like also working like the urban rooms versus the mainstream rooms. Mm-hmm. Like white audiences aren't gonna let you roast them for no twenty minutes. It's like that's not gonna happen. They'll get their feelings hurt. They write a Yelp review, and then it's a whole big thing. But um, you have to kind of know the audience. But also it's like about what you want to accomplish. When I say it's about you, it's like. I'm getting on stage and I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z, and I don't give a fuck if y'all like it or not. But y'all going I'm, I know how to make it funny, you know. So that's where you get into the point of like people talking about traumatic things, and then people like, oh wow, that's fucked up, but it was funny, you know. So I never really t- try to be the type to like attack people in the audience. One, because when I attack, I really attack. Like I get, I get like venomous. It's not fun. Like I just go hard, and then people get their feelings hurt, and so I try not to. I got to be mindful of that, but. Um, I never want to make people feel bad at a show, but I definitely want them to like think about things that they hadn't thought about before. And I think I can talk about my experiences, and most people kind of could relate to mm-hmm. it. Or if they don't, they appreciate that I, you know, made it funny. That's dope. You know what she reminded me of just now, like laughing at traumatic experiences. She liked to tell people that I'd be doing that. Yeah, I was but just thinking it, that yeah, when you said like, it. Like, but that's late. So, yeah, sometimes it just be funny. Yeah. Not in the moment, though. And I feel bad because it it's like, she'll tell me something and it's like, yo, that's jokes. Yeah. That's hilarious. And yeah. she's like, but I'm serious, Noah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, because like, yeah, humor Sorry. is the best way to deflect trauma. Yeah. So a lot of times. Oh, so like, shit. And yeah. people feel that. Mm-hmm. It's energy. Literally. Yeah. Wow. It's energy Because it, it's uncomfortable for you to tell this experience. And so like in my book, I talk about like traumatic experiences, but I do it in a funny way to help me cope with it. And then I've had people now because it's starting to go out. Uh, my name, my book is Fuck Your Diet because I just said book. And nobody knows what I'm talking about. But um, the name of my book is called <laughs> Fuck Your Diet. It comes out January 7th um, from Simon & Schuster. And it's a collection of essays about my experience with body image and weight. And so I was bullied traumatically as a I kid. I cannot wait to read it. Yeah, I was bullied really bad as a kid. But, you know, I do jokes about it now. And, and it just helps me cope with it. And then also I just started therapy recently because, you know. Congratulations. Thank you. So it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to go to therapy, but when I need it. And I was like, I think I, yeah. I think I need it. Um, yeah. Also, because, you know, when you write something like a book and you put all your stuff in it, people can digest it and respond to it in ways that you don't even expect them to. So I need to. Yeah, I need to go to therapy because I don't want anybody saying crazy shit about my life. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, I took that personally. I need to know where I stand in myself. Right. So I'm, I'm definitely like I support therapy for everybody. But comedy has helped me address a lot of things like I used to be bullied so bad in elementary school I had chicken bones thrown at me I got hit with a double dutch cord I got bit like what? I was yeah they, they used to throw my shit in the in a garbage can this is like height of the crack epidemic and I gotta go fish through crack valves to get my shit out of the that garbage can like like stuff like that and you just like yeah I went through a lot of stuff but I'm okay, you know, like, you know, I think it definitely shapes how I live my life and how Mm -hmm. with things I don't tolerate, like I don't try to appease people anymore because when you get bullied, a lot of times you're like, well, if I just make myself funny or nice so they'll like me and it's just like, nah, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not trying to bend over backwards for anybody. Not in a a mean way, but it's just like I know who who I am and I'm not going to compromise. Setting boundaries. Yeah, for sure. And so I think a lot of times when people go through uncomfortable situations, in their life they try to internalize it like well what did I do wrong and at certain points you got to be like I really didn't like maybe I did some things wrong but I didn't do enough to warrant that kind of treatment and so I think you would just have to figure out a way to just let it roll off your back because if not you'll just let it consume you like I dated this guy 
he was crazy. Um, but <laughs> aren't they all? Because because be he was he was like like okay, put it like this. One time we were sitting on a couch and he was just talking to himself, and I was like, "What is what, what was the conversation about?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, you ever just like replace something in your mind?" And I was like, "Okay, so what was a scenario? Like entertain me because I'm hearing this conversation. And I want to know what's it about." He was like, "No, it was just like me and a group of friends. We went out to eat, and like you know, the bill came, and it was like some beef over the bill." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "When did this happen?" He was like, five years ago." And I was like, "Sir, <laughs> what are you? T- what?" Is- what <laughs> let that go what are you talking about like let that go and sometimes a lot of people really be holding on to shit yeah, yes. I be holding on to right. shit like that Mm-mm. I just went yes I don't she's care she's told me a couple stories care. yes from years back and, yes. yes because I'm not going out with and you to the, eat no more and That's the situation we care. recently went through we recently the same went out thing? to eat yes and I she will not tell go me this three years from now I will not go out with them every time she say they name I'll be like oh I'll never go out to eat with them let me tell you like she wasn't there I don't care I, I don't care. That so specific bad. scenario is something, and that it was like a really first, like a, a first impression mm. type of thing. These are your friends. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead and claim them. They're your friends. They're your friends. So what happened when the bill? A came? A few of them. When the bill came, some people they didn't have their glasses. <laughs> <laughs> some motherfuckers they needed. was looking for them under they the was, table. Yeah, some people they was, was looking like, for them outside the door. Like, some no. people got frustrated. Was like, hey, I'm just giving all that I got. Some people like, all nah. of a sudden was like great mathematicians. Like, well, actually, this is and what I'm supposed like, to no, split no, no, no. So how, okay, how many people all, at the table. First of all, in 2020, we not doing that. What I ate was. <laughs> 2020, we not going out. I'm tired. No. I'm tired. 2020, <laughs> I'm not you got to not going out in groups. You got to yeah. split it evenly. If you're not adult enough to split it evenly. Don't go. To, this is somebody said this to me. Because then people watching that you had an appetizer. No, and you, a drink, but and I had thing. ginger ale. <laughs> See what you got? The way you got to nip this in the bud, and somebody pointed it out to me, and I never had a problem with it. It's like if I go out, fine. Like unless you know somebody's ordering like a hundred dollars worth of food, and I got twenty, and I'm like, you doing a lot, you know? Yeah. Or <laughs> drinks. So, but then my friend was like, you know what? You got to ex- experience it like this. You have to say. You are paying for the experience of us all coming together. We're having good conversation. We're having fun. We're enjoying each other's company. So just chip in evenly, whatever it is. Now, if somebody got a gang of drinks, because drinks are expensive, yes. I'd be like, you got to pay for your drinks. Like, Absolutely. If yeah. Every, if just everybody, throw that out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like, because I did that I did that once. I, I threw my mother a birthday party, and I was like, I'm paying for everybody's food, but y'all got your own drinks, because y'all bitches drink. Right. I ain't paying for them <laughs> drinks. And it was like, oh, that's great. And it was, that's what it is. But, yeah. like, if you go out in a group, listen, 2020, stop being corny. Just split that bill And it was the evenly. people who curated it, too. So it was kind of like. That was my thing. Y'all invited me to come out. <laughs> and then no, all of a serious. sudden couldn't see the prices. What, was it like was an stuck. expensive restaurant? Uh, I would it's say. A seafood spot. It was a, so it's it was like, a seafood spot. It wasn't super pricey. So, like, like 40 a person? Yes. Like 60 a person. 60? But some oh, okay. people didn't want to yes, spend yes, that yes, because they, they didn't. should not have come. That's what I'm saying. Or curated it. Yes. Oh, oh they put it you. together. They put it together. Yeah, you should tell your. You should talk to your friends. You should and tell you them. Know, and let them know I'm never going out to eat with the word. <laughs> I'm good. There's a few of them that I have built a bond with. They're coworkers. Should. Oh, okay. And, but that's not real friends. Right. Listen, let me tell you. Once you leave that job, you're never talking to them again. 
Unless it's on Facebook. You know, to be honest with you, I don't even really do those politics in the first place, which is why I was kind of disappointed because, you know, I don't even really mix my personal life with my work life. You know, we cool at work, cool, but going out, it's a stretch. And I went. And then you guys wanted me to bring... Lee. <laughs> so but you see like, now, you see now. The thing is, the good thing is that you can just walk away from the situation and it'll never replay itself because yeah. it was their, your friendship is in the confines of right. work. And so they trying to a, go out again, and I'm like, mm-mm. it ain't been happening. The no. first thing I said was, make sure you tell them that I cannot make it. I will not be there. No. <laughs> we, and we then probably, her cousin came too, so it was like I was. We met. And my cousin she and was, was a little embarrassed, Ooh. and she was like, you know what? I'm tired. Like, here's the money, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, you ain't throwing like almost two hundred dollars on a bill. Yes. You bugging out. Wow. It's time to go. Let's That's say we crazy. were done eating at like five o'clock. Mm-hmm. We probably didn't get up from the table, paid and all, till five forty-five. Wow! They sat there for that long disputing who had what, who's putting. I was like, yo, listen. My, one of my other coworkers went to go get more money out the cash machine because oh, she wow. was just like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, wow, and we're born on the same day, so mm. I was like, I knew what she was, what type of time she was on. But I'm very like neutral in certain spaces Mm -hmm. just being sound and one i was just like listen i'm not adding all her strength that she got in her (laughs) her body her little tiny body i let her do all of that so yeah you learn you learn i would have reported them to hr the next day you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) you learn son i was tight i was tight but that is that was like those are specific scenarios that i can't let go but i need to i need to you gotta let that go you have to let that go because it'll just eat away at you like if i if i when okay put like this when i wrote my book and i had to go back and think about all the things so i bring up my childhood because basically i'm connecting my my personal experiences with like the food industry in this country and mm. so when mm. when you're a fat kid growing up it's so easy to be like stop eating this blah 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 blah. but it's like I how i don't cook the food y'all feed me i don't want lima beans and chitlins <laughs> that's a fact like pig feet I, and y'all telling me i <laughs> gotta bones? eat i gotta eat it all of it man are giving you seconds i can't get up until i eat all my food you <laughs> gave me a whole grown niggas portion <laughs> and i'm five that's what i say I say this all the time. You know, so, yeah, but then you think about it and you're just like, well, now I got to deal with this because if I don't eat this, I'm going to get in trouble and I want to get in trouble. So I got to eat all this food. I don't eat all this food. So now you overeat. So then Then you you like it. Then you you like to overeat. Then you stretch your stomach out and now your your body, you know, because we don't realize how in tune our body is to like our organs. So if you stretch your body, your, your stomach out, they're like, okay, this is the new full. Yeah. So I got to repeat this in order to feel full again until you let your yep. stomach shrink back down. So that's so I'm thinking about like talking about when I'm a child and then the whole thing is like we're starving kids in Africa. So now I got to eat for the niggas in Africa that's starving. Facts! I used to be tight that it was niggas in Africa that wasn't Somebody, yeah. I'm Oh, not you don't eat the food no on your plate? This kid's yeah, starving in Africa? Son. Why you always got to bring I never, the kids I will never forget the day my cousin did that shit to me over a <laughs> waffle. It was half a waffle, son. And I was running late. And she was like, kids in Africa wish they had half a waffle. Sit your ass down. Yeah. <laughs> and you're Yo. just stuffing yourself. So I was yeah. upset. I can't wait to read your book yeah. and let it be some sort of therapy. Therapy for me because yeah. you know I can't afford therapy yeah. right now. So, and you then know, you know, I try to find other outlets to kind of yeah. help my healing process. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm just I wrote it because it's like I when I started really thinking about it, it's like yeah, I think 
there's certain things that I can control. And especially now as an adult, because I can buy my own groceries, I cook my own food. But when you aren't doing all that stuff or when you don't have the income to do those things, Mm -hmm. you know, I talk about food swamps and food deserts. Like most Americans, even though we're a first world country, people live in food swamps and deserts. So a desert means you have to travel over a mile to get to a supermarket. And then a swamp means fast food companies know that you don't have any good food options. So they come in and they put all of their fast food restaurants up. So now you're going to get a $5 meal because you can't, get a car to go to supermarket and buy groceries so it's like all of these things that play a role in how we eat and i think it's really it's really unfair to just tell a a heavy set or a fat person oh just do x y and z is like there's so many things that come into play when it's like being healthy or working out going to the gym or having money for a membership it's like so many things that people don't even understand about food because it's just not taught to us so I wrote this book because I was like just thinking about all the things that I, I mean, I've been on a diet since I was like nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? My mother now sent me Now I'm trying to, to say it's to live it because yeah. a diet, you know. Yeah, but no, my mother put diet. me on a diet. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you're big. And it, you know what's crazy is that you mentioned childhood. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, I'm, so sorry. I'm sorry. No, because my dad was like did that. shit to me, yeah. son. Yeah. And I think that a lot of. I was like, of, I'm getting chunky. Especially she said, no, you black. Fat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Told, everybody told me I was especially fat. Especially black children oh yeah like i would come home crying because of the kids teasing me at school my dad was like well you fat that's what it is i mean if they calling you that that's why else you know yeah. do something about it and it's like i'm 10 where am i going how am i going to the gym yeah who's taking me i can't get there by myself First of all, we like, didn't have a gym what we didn't have a gym and it was like go outside and play and it's like yeah but they shooting outside Right. But so they wouldn't even let like, me go outside. And I'm in dance class. But I'm like, listen, my grandmother, when I go down to Harlem, is feeding me. And it's funny because they had different cycles in their relationship where he didn't like that. He mm-hmm. didn't like me going to my grandmother's house and being mm-hmm. able to have access to certain things. Because yeah. at home, juice was cut off at a certain time in my house. And then I would get caught sneaking in the fridge to drink juice because at my Nana's house, it wasn't yeah. A thing. I can have whatever I want. Nana gave me whatever I want. Are you hungry? You want some more, baby? She did it to her husband. She did it to her child. She did it to her grandchild. It was it was different. So you're literally living two different lives. Mm-hmm. And I was raised with my grandmother kind of being like super mom. Yeah. My mom is my mother and she's respected as that. But we're also like sisters in yeah. a sense. And we're both the only children. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's yeah. just a cycle of... The same thing and that I see in different ways, even with kids who have siblings. Like, it's it's just crazy. Like, what is the expectation as a child there to is, lose weight? Yeah, there is a is a great expectation, but it's not realistic because it 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 you can't you can't grow up in a black American family like I did where the cuisine is southern and expect to lose weight. Right, there's just no way possible. There's no they way. They put it all on you, but yeah. they give you all the tools right. to not lose weight. And then y'all yeah. make so much food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never been in a home, even amongst friends, where it's like, this is exactly what we're eating for the night. This is your portion. And everybody got the same amount and the food is done. No. My mom kind of cooks like that. Yeah. But most of my elders in my family and the where I come from, the cultures that I come from, they eat a, an abundance. Mm-hmm. A lot of rice, a lot of pasta, yeah. um, a lot of protein, a lot of star- – like a lot, a yeah. lot of yeah. food. I don't know what is what. We just ate a lot of junk. <laughs> we just did. That was the funny thing. My mother didn't let me go to fast food restaurants, but then I would go to my grandmother's house and it would be like a whole pork chop and like a mound of rice. And then it's just like hearty food that's like, yeah, yeah I, I, it's technically not fast, fast food, food, but, but it's high in calories. And fatty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, Ooh. not for nothing. When I was checking you out, I think just the, the, the term, fuck your diet. Yeah. 
it was just like, yo, I don't even care what she's about to say. <laughs> this shit is for real. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, diets, they, they come, they go, then they change, then it's not working for you no more. Then you got to find a new one. I was like, yo, this describes how I feel towards diets. Yeah. Very well. But Damn. then when um I started finding out more about you and stuff, and I was like, this is perfect. Like, because it's, it's, it's like a hearty... It's a hearty phrase, and yeah, it's kind of comical, but it just represents so mm-hmm. much that is so close to home. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh, this is cool. But when you're doing, like, press for this, I, I always wondered, like, because you're a comedian, like, do you, how do you tie the two together? Yeah. It's, and it's funny because you mentioned it, that you're, and I was going to ask you that, too. Get out of my head. Like, (laughs) stop it, please. Because you did mention how you're going to do stand-up to, you know, do press for the book. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so interesting. Was that natural or was it like a strategic move? Yeah, it was. um, So it's twofold. So uh, my my book tour starts January 6th. I'll be in Chicago at Zany's and then New York and then I go to DC, Philly, yes. uh, Boston, LA, San Francisco. Black women making moves. Yeah. That's right. And so the, the thing about it was I knew that I want, so it was very important to me, even though this book has been my baby for the past two years, I'm so excited that it's coming out, but it's also equally important that people who meet me for the first time through my book know that I'm an, a for real stand-up comedian. Because <laughs> yes. I think a lot of times you hear like, oh, this person's a comedian. It's like, it's Tina Fey. And it's like, she's not a stand-up. <laughs> Like right. she's a, like she's a comedic <laughs> actress. Okay. But like when I see right. lists and they're like the top ten comedians and it's like actress, 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 mm-hmm. one stand up. Like I really like, like Tina Fey's acting. No, I know what the fuck does she know about stand up? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like I want people to know like when I say I'm a comedian, like I'm a for real stand up comedian. Any and given so, moment. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I was like, okay, I want to do my book events, but I want to do my comedy club. So I'm gonna do a show where they get to see me perform and at the end, you know, I'll talk about the book and maybe like open up for questions. And then the book is also available to be bought there, too. So it's like you got three options to, like, you know, take me home with you, like, comedically, book-wise, like, conversations. Yeah. Just so people get, like, a full experience because a lot of these places that I'm going to, I haven't been before as in a headlining capacity. I've been there, like, done a spot here or there. But, like, this is, like, my own show where people get to see me for a longer time. So I just wanted to, like, give them the full gambit because I think, you know, it's not often that you get to meet people for the first time on your terms. So I have a bookmark and that's something my friend created that I grew up with from when I was five years old. She'll like bookmark something and pin something in a conversation Mm -hmm. that she'll bring up later. But I want to talk about it off air because it's an idea that I have that I don't want you know anybody to know yet. So why the fuck did you bring it up on air? Because I want her to to know that I have (laughs) an idea and it's for you. You know, you don't just putting it on the table and you could just, you know, okay. we'll, we'll chop it up about we'll that. Shoot and shoot, Noel. I like that. Give me some. <laughs> Hurry up. Because, yeah, it's not available for long. You know, I'm trying like this that. new thing where, and Lee called me a conceptualist mm. because I just have a bunch of ideas when people, businesses, because you're a business, yeah. you're a walking business, mm-hmm. you know, just come to me and like having these conversations on the podcast or in my personal life, just networking and stuff. But you're awesome, so I definitely want to share this oh, one that you. I thought of. So I'm going to bookmark that. Appreciate it. Not, we need more conceptualists. Yeah. Oh, well. See? Listen, that's funny, funny. Hey. Listen, let me say something. That's, who, that's what Andy Warhol was. Andy absolutely. Warhol didn't do 90% of the artwork that he <laughs> gets credited for. Yeah. He just told people. What to do. Yeah. He, had a, he had a big-ass place, lots of drugs, 
good music. Lots of drugs. Celebrities. And he was like, yo, I think I want just Campbell's soup can to look like this. And somebody did it. And then he put his name on it. Yeah, yeah that was the thing for real. And you know where I got that from? I actually used that for myself because I got my friends together one day and we had like an artistic meeting. And it was a show that I wanted to put on for like, you know, my friends. You know, like an art exhibit, but it had like a music break and stuff. And um, two of the people that were at the meeting were like, yo, we like it. Like, let's do it. So we all got together in a group email. And the next day after the meeting, the same two people that were like, yo, we know how we could push this through. We're like, hey, we don't want to do it anymore. And then one of them put the show on herself. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit, look at me having great concepts. Wow, yeah. Must be a conceptualist. Did you go to the show and yeah, peek your head Yeah, but that was kind of like, like, uh, nah, like nah, I didn't even go. I don't think that was, uh, I mean, I mean yeah, positive things came out of it. But yeah. I think that the process of that was kind of like shady. But oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just needed, it had to happen for me. It had to happen yeah. for me to realize, okay, you know. I have know good ideas. Yeah, are. and you can't mm-hmm. share things with everyone. Yeah. Even though I'll be wanting to because I just feel like, you know, I have the clip. Like, I have so many ideas. It doesn't even matter. But, like, I guess some of them you just have to hold Was tight. the show well received? You know, I don't even know. I never checked it out or anything. Uh, I never asked. I, mm. I truly was on to the next idea. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, at night sometimes I would be a little angry, but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was a little angry, but I was just like, yo, I know that you didn't do it the way I, I could Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. So I was just on to the next, and then, I don't know, after a while I just didn't care. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's weird. And then that same person actually like added me on LinkedIn, and then I was like, oh, we don't even talk. Okay, cool. You need to see this glow. <laughs> Speaking of LinkedIn, do you use your LinkedIn often? No, I don't. I'm trying to now, but the same manager who hired me at the Museum of Sex and always used to fuck with me. Yeah, I fuck that. I'm going to tell her. I don't care. Because I'm letting part, shit I feel go. like it's part of the job if it's the Museum of Sex, though. You can't even be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yo, probably. Yo, that motherfucker hired me. He's like, you have a beautiful smile. I, th- I think you're great. Hired me, trained me to be like a manager, um, then hired somebody to take the job that he trained me for and was like, well, I never put it on paper. So you had to know that there was a chance that, you know, it wouldn't oh. go through. Then set me up, got me fired. Great payout. And I was moving to London anyway, so I didn't really care. He just added me on LinkedIn too. That yeah. motherfucker's going to sit there. The other girl, girl, you need to see this. People, that forget, people forget that they did you wrong. And I'm confused as to how. Yeah. Or they probably people just be- see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then come popping back around That's true. when you're moving along. And you mentioned this in your podcast, too, because you have a podcast mm-hmm. as yes. well. Called I was Social just Misfit. moving into that. Yeah. Good job, Noel. <laughs> and your latest episode, you were talking about guys doing this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> um, So it doesn't even have to be a romantical person in your mm-hmm. life. But just men just have a tendency to just pull these strings and do that like, yeah see so you moving on and see you glowing in your work and your and your stance and your your powers and then just try to pop in like nothing happened damn like, I son it can't just be men men and the person that i used to be because you're explaining me <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm not <laughs> just pop my head in real quick so what made you change how did you um stop being that person you know what I, I'm trying to figure out it just was a time where I just was like yo enough is enough yeah. like I, I wasn't even somebody that I was happy to be so mm. it was just like enough is enough like it was one of those like come on now 
And yeah. it's crazy because I was really going to just put this on males and I was going to no. ask you, Chloe, no. like, <laughs> have you been in these situations? Because I hear a lot of women talk about this in romantic situations or even in work settings, mm-hmm. um, like we mentioned. But you bringing up a woman's perspective of you doing this is ironic. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can definitely point shit out. When I know, and I know <laughs> you yeah. just creep back in, you just be Yo, feeling it. Son, it's a different glow when they move on from you, and you realize you was the dark cloud. Mm. It's a different glow, and then you pop your head in because, like, I need some light. It's dark over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need some light. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I've done those things. But I think, I think the interesting thing is, like, in your situation, women are women are introspective. And they hold themselves accountable, I think, a little bit more than men do because men can get over on not having to change their behavior because they always have another male friend who's like, no, nah, you ain't got to change. Fuck them bitches. Like, and then they're like, okay, I guess. And then there's also a woman that's like, well, hopefully I'll get him to change for me. And then he'll just like use and abuse her and then get her tired and fed up. And then she leaves him and it's just like, oh, I'll find another. You know, I'm a good catch. Right. So as long as they think that they're a good catch, then they don't really have to change their behavior. And it's like, no, but you need to change who you are as a person because internally you're fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, you may have a good job and you may have money in a bank or a nice place or a car. But, like, at the end of the day, like, who you are, like you said, when you're sitting with yourself, with no distractions, who do you like who you are? Right. And I think a lot of people just convince themselves that it's okay or especially, you know, I've heard so many black men tell me that, oh, yeah, I'm never doing therapy. And it's just like, well, how you think you're going to get all that shit out of your head? Because you're not talking to anybody about it and you're just internalizing it and then you don't you think therapy's gay. Quote. That's a direct yeah, quote. Yeah. Therapy's gay. I'm like, have told what me are you talking about? I think the Strange. best thing for us to do in these situations that we see so much, especially in our black communities with our black men who feel like they can't feel, mm-hmm. share their emotions, um, and get to a growing point. Um as creatives, because we have a lot of power in creating time, mm-hmm. um, creating spaces and creating um, works of art that will help our people progress, we can take the stance in showcasing that therapy is great for our growth and who we are. And then wherever that empowered feeling takes us, the heights that we expect, the accolades we expect to touch, um, will hopefully in our future generations be a leadership role in yeah. getting... You know how many niggas made fun of me for going to therapy? It became like a, a running thing. Like, we but, would be in a group chat and they'd be like, don't tell her nothing because you know she's going to tell her therapist. But what I'm, I'm like, saying is, though, you're like, not at your highest accolades yet. This is true. You're not at your peak of what you're trying to do, what what your movement stands for. So I'm talking about, like, this process going to be ugly. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to be received well. But when you get there, and I mean... you. It's only still, it's, there's no ceiling there's to no it. There's no there. There's no ceiling to it. Yeah. But where your voice is heard by the masses, I think that's when things will turn mm-hmm. around for, for majority of our people. And even also just like from your immediate circle, when people see you processing things differently or your behavior is different, then they'll be like, oh, how how is she so content and happy? I don't think I would be happy if I had to do X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, oh, you, they just see you like living your life and then they'll... Like, when I first started with my personal trainer, everybody was like, why are you spending that much money on a personal trainer? That's why. Just go to the $10 gym, blah, 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 blah. And don't you know, like, in three years' time, 
four of my family members go to my trainer and have lost like a shit ton of weight and now like now they love them but it was like they had to see me do that first yeah. before they felt like they deserved that treatment because a lot of times people don't want to invest in themselves so they like why would I pay that much money to oh, somebody do the minimum by get the, yeah. the ten dollar membership and don't go yeah so it's like no make take take that gamble on yourself bet on yourself mm-hmm. and see a return on your investment because this is all you have your body and your mind is all you have. Yeah. And so you need to take care of it. You said something um, about sitting with yourself. A lot of people can't do it. That was when I knew. I don't know. I can't really point out a specific thing that was like you have to change. But I knew when I was like by myself and I was enjoying it more, I knew something was right. Because I never really liked to be alone. Mm. I couldn't stand it, actually. And now, but I was always alone anyway. So it was just a miserable thing. And now I enjoy being alone so much that I forget to go be around people. Yeah. I just don't, I don't really care to. I mean, yeah. Like I'll be talking to people, but like I'll create a wall. I'll find something else to do while I'm speaking. Pick up your phone. Okay, Noel, like read a book. Don't read me. Like read the book. (laughs) I do the same thing too. I got yelled at that about like taking my phone out, but it's just like a comfort. It's a comfort thing because I feel. Because I'm I'm introverted child, introverted person, even though I'm a comedian, like just being vulnerable in like group settings just makes me uneasy. Like if I come to a party, I'm probably going to sit in the corner mm-hmm. until I get comfortable or see somebody that I know. But I'm not, I'm never the type to walk into a party like, I'm here, y'all. I would never do that. Oh, that's me. Yeah. yeah. So like even, if, <laughs> like even if I'm sitting at a table with folks and like say if we're out to dinner and the conversation's going and it gets like a little lull, I'll, I'll just like start reaching for my phone and be like, what's going right. on? Let me check I'm hearing the conversation, but it's just like that, like just staring oh. at you in your face and yeah, just waiting for something likely. else. That I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like but adult pacifiers. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. And it so is. I've been mindful of that to just like if I see myself reaching for my phone, I just like put it in my purse and like zip it up because I want to be present and I want people to know that I'm present, even though I am present when I got my phone in my hand. But right. I want to give them the courtesy of knowing that I, they have my undivided attention because I know that people feel like. You don't value them if you're not giving them a hundred percent. These people, yeah, right. But I noticed, I noticed that. I mean, <laughs> I'm working on like taking the pacifier out. Yeah. But like, a motherfucker could be alone so so much that people be like, you know, you should you should come here, and I'd be like, who is people there? <laughs> no, but see, like I'm an extrovert introvert because mm-hmm. I'm very outgoing, very bubbly, very like warm and welcoming, and not to say that an introverted person isn't, but like I. Just like when we were outside, Lee, before you came, Lee was like, hey, you going to come in the room? I'm like, no, I kind of want Chloe to be the first person, you know, her seeing me and me walking her into the room and just making sure she's welcomed. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. Her thing was making sure the room was good and the inside was great. So then I can go into my moments where I love being by myself. So then it's like people don't quite understand that balance that I have Mm -hmm. because I will definitely like become I don't want to say aloof because I'm not fully like that but like to myself and like yeah could be guarded and you know closed in under a rock (laughs) in a shell you know so I get both sides Mm -hmm. of the spectrum it's just I feel like some people and some people can have both just flipped yeah Some, some people can be an introvert extrovert like what comes first when you see them your first impression of them oh yeah no I'm definitely introvert I'm I'm such an introvert to the point where when people meet me they think I don't like them 
Like I've had people me tell too. me like really? oh, so many times like oh when I first met you I didn't think you liked me because you just wasn't and I was like I how many times you hear people say that shit all about the time. me all the time yeah and it, it'll be like my uh, my friends who like know me know me and they, and people will say yeah I don't think Chloe liked me they were like no nah, she's not about you it's, <laughs> it's like she ain't thinking about you she's That's just in thing. her own little cocoon yeah yeah don't take it personal but I mean I, on the flip side I've been told that you know when you meet me it's it could be this. Oh, warm space, and then it can turn it cold. So, what? I don't know which I would rather, but I mean, it's it all depends on. I, I think I'm I think I'm lukewarm until I get to know you, and yeah. then it'll be like either I'll stay lukewarm or will I'll get like yeah. Hot. I'm working on being lukewarm when I meet you. I just keep disassociated. I yeah, I just have to be. It's just I just treat it like when I meet somebody, just give them that energy burst because that's the thing about being an introvert people don't realize if you're not an introvert it is emotionally taxing to keep up high energy mm-hmm. like i hate going to weddings because by the end of the day i'm exhausted all that fake smiling all that oh my god so good, so, all of that i want to pass out <laughs> i'm so serious Dude, for real it's son. exhausting it's exhaust it takes a lot of energy like introverts give out energy and we don't really get it back but extroverts mm-hmm. feed off of that energy and so that's why they're so like chipper and high yeah. and like i don't mm-mm. Yeah. I have no That's time. That's me, son. I'd be like, damn, I got to say hi to these people. I got to yeah. smile. I'd be in my head like, smile. All right, has been a while since you smiled. Smile. I, I don't wow. Like it. Yeah. I, I, it's so crazy hearing that perspective because it's the complete opposite for me. Yo, complete somebody meets Noah. Hey, how you doing? And you be like, like do, all do, her teeth are showing. I'm and you like, be like, do, do you know them? Like, I have no Yo, idea who they no are. No idea. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'd be like, where you know that person from? Just know the person. It's like, well, I don't even like you. Shit. (laughs) Yeah. Comedy's made me become, brought me out of my show. Like having to be out and in front of people and go out every night has definitely helped me get over being like an old, because I was an only child. I have a brother, same parents, but we're 15 years apart. So I was, I felt like I was an only child for 15 years. So I still have that mentality of an only child. But it was a lot to get me out of that cocoon, to get me to go out. Like, comedy has made me get out of the house a lot of times when I didn't want to get out the house. So it's definitely changed my interactions with people. So I'm more mindful of that when I meet people to be pleasant. And also now, people start to recognize me a little bit. So I'm always cognizant of that. So I always want to just give them a pleasant experience versus... Because people say hello to me, and I, in my mind, I think that they like know me in real life. So I'm like, hey! And then I realize I don't know them, and I have to be like... Oh, What's up? Hey, girl. Keep it going. Not in a fucked up way, but it's just like, I don't even think that strangers would recognize me because I think they have to know me because I don't think that I'm that recognizable yet. So I really react like, oh, don't I know you from somewhere? And then I don't know them. Like one time I was with my grandmother and my mother and we were waiting for a car to come pick us up. And this woman walked by us and she tripped like badly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, she's cracking up. She would have laughed. Right, but it was like it was like one of those things. Like I gotta make sure she okay first before I laugh. And then she turned. She was like, "Chloe, you better not put this in a joke." And I was like, "Okay, girl." (laughs) And my mother was like, "You know how I was? I have no idea who that woman was." But just like things like that makes me realize that oh shit, people may know who I am. So I gotta like be. I want to be as pleasant as possible, and I genuinely want to be pleasant because you. a lot of times when you're work, walking by yourself, you're in your own head and you forget right. that you're in the world and interact with other people. So I want to make sure that I snap out of like my head and be very present with people. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. And because it's your purpose, too. So yeah. as you're stepping into, it's like, dang, I can't just be all, not all about me, because you can really focus on you. It's not selfish to do that. But yeah, yeah you, you just kind of do have to make sure you're kind of mm-hmm. well balanced in that. Yeah, it's important. And I'm still catching it. It's hard for me sometimes, too. I was about to say, and you're still going to get the jokes, like, because you're just so happy. That shit is crazy, <laughs> son. That shit is crazy. Like, I don't know what's and in the coffee. people know when I'm geez. upset, it's the most noticeable thing in the world. And I'm like, what am I doing that? I'm just quiet. Yeah, you be showing all your teeth and be mad angry and be just be like, yo, stop faking this, son. I'm just wrong. Like, you just could tell. My silence is very, like, noticeable because I'm yeah. very loud and, like, mm. so loud. Yeah, Speak- no, I'm a <laughs> But I just want everybody who notices me and all the people that have. First of all, thank you. I appreciate it. Second of all, if you really notice me, that means you've heard about me from something. You've met me or you listen to the show. You know it's not my brand to be showing all my damn teeth. Like, it's just not my (laughs) brand. But it is. She's in pictures. By myself. She's. Exactly. Yeah. And with in a picture. I'm going to show my teeth. That That is on brand. To be walking down 34th Street. <laughs> just cheesing. Just cheesing. No. Everybody like, excuse me, can I get right here? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. That's not my brand. You know that. But it's all love. Facts. Thank you so much for coming here. This has been amazing. I, I told you it was going to be. one more question for oh, you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The owl on your neck. What is Yes. You know, I've just gravitated to owls for a really it's long time. And then I looked it up and it says that it's like a all, like you have the you like to see, you like to watch. Mm. And it means be something observant. else to be observant and like very, you know, in tune with when, like what's mm-hmm. happening around. So I think, you know, when you allow yourself to naturally gravitate to, towards certain things, it, it gives you a meaning that you didn't even know that you were looking yep. for. So owl, I love owls. So I'm getting an owl and elephant tatted, like a mix of the animals mm-hmm. blended together, like on my side. But yeah. Yeah. I love owls. One I'm just kind of scared yeah. of the Do you have any tattoos? Bit. One. I don't Small have any, one. but I want a big one. I want a big one on the side of my thigh. So I can oh, okay. thigh around when I turn 40. Like, Ew, <laughs> with your shorts on, bathing <laughs> suit. <laughs> it has been That's a pleasure dope. talking to you, though. Thank you. Amazing. And also, let's tell people how this came about. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. Shout out to Racine. Dr. Ray Ray. Yes. yes. That's the my homie. Girl. She's been on here three times. That's yes. like friends in real life. We yes. did a palette for love recently, Thank too. you so much, Dr. Ray. Yeah. I appreciate you. I miss you. Tell your mother I miss her. Tune into her show. Tune into Social Misfit. Yes. Yes. Tell yeah. people where they can find you. Oh, yes. You can learn all the things about my book at fyourdiet.com. That's the letter F and then your, Y-O-U-R, diet.com. And has all my tour dates on it. And you can order the book on that as well and learn more about me and go to my videos and see my stand-up. Hey, I get paid tomorrow, so I'm a pre-order. Yes. Oh, also, I have a comedy album coming out, too, because I just don't know how to stop. Um, it's called Big Dick Energy, so that'll be out. Ah, that's well. Oh yeah, I did see an episode yeah. you took mm-hmm. second to last yeah. episode yeah, yeah, yeah. you were talking about that. Yeah. So when you start promoting that, we're gonna see you. Yeah. 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 BDE. Yeah. I like that. Remember guys, um, make sure you uh subscribe to the show on iTunes and comment on the show. Every month at the end of the month, we're gonna pick a comment that we like. We're gonna bring that person in to the studio and you get to record with us. Nice. So make sure you DM your proof. You could DM it to Thank Me Later Podcast NYC on Instagram. You know my Instagram at Good Looking Lee Noel. Or at the Noel K. Shout right. out to Team Noel K. Just send us some proof so that way we know who to put these faces on. Um, but we'll be tuning comments. in. Absolutely. We love y'all Just keep so much. commenting. We appreciate y'all uh, taking a listen. And 
Y'all know what this is, man. We out of here.